Alright, welcome. This is the Four Point Play with Archie Adarola. Joining me today is Dennis Vinci, sports media extraordinaire. Dennis, you work, you have a very interesting job for this. Can you briefly tell everybody, what is it you do exactly? Yeah, I'm just producer for SiriusXM on their ESPNU channel. So, college sports, my forte. Appreciate that little tag. Absolutely. And you just got back. Yeah, you just got back from the the Senior Bowl for college football, right? Uh Uh-huh. It's more of an NFL event, but we kind of tag along because, you know, all these guys, they're wearing their college helmets. They're still part of college. Part of college. Of course. Of course. So Dennis is going to provide some outsider insight for our specifically Big East-centric basketball talk. Um, and he knows a lot more about the ins and outs of media contracts and all that fun stuff that I know nothing about. So he can always provide insight with that angle as well. Um, let's get started with the scores from this week. Big East only scores for now. Big East only scores. That's what we start with because this is the four-point play. Originally called Big East Bias, but then I realized we needed to change the name. So getting started, let's see. Uh, from this is all starting from February 1st, which I believe was Wednesday. Am I correct with that? Wednesday? Maybe it was Tuesday. I don't know. No, I Tuesday. Can't remember. It was Tuesday. All right. So Big East, Creighton 59, UConn 55. Game was in Hartford. Uh, Big East, another game. Seton Hall 70, Georgetown 63, and Providence 86, St. John's 82. Moving ahead to the February 2nd, Marquette 83, Villanova 73. Um, I didn't write a score down because I must have been in a rush, but Xavier beat Butler that same night. Also February, was this February 3rd, Georgetown 77, St. John's 90. Um, February 4th, Seton Hall 74, Creighton 55. February 5th, Villanova 85, UConn 74, DePaul 69, Xavier 65, and St. John's 75 over Butler Bulldogs. 72, 75-72. And today, Providence, the only lone Big East game of the day, Providence 71, Georgetown 52. So, looking at the standings now, from the, let's see, from the bottom up, the standings. Let me see if I can pull them up quickly, because obviously they changed. I feel like we can guess that Georgetown is uh, in last day. I feel like like they had a heavy week. I feel like they, uh, we can safely say that they're in last place. Um, Dennis, I don't know how much basketball or Big East basketball you specifically watched this past weekend because I know you're busy with work. Um, but uh, we'll dive into a little bit of analysis later. But you obviously know that Georgetown is not doing so well this season. 11th game lost. So I have the stands in front of me. Georgetown is indeed winless in the conference. Um, 0-10 in the conference. They're in 11th. DePaul is in 10th uh, at 2-9 in the conference. Butler, 4-8. St. John's, 5-6. Seton Hall, 5-6. Creighton, 5-5. Now we get to the the top five teams. Xavier sitting at 6-5. UConn sitting at 6-4. Marquette in third sitting at 8-4. Villanova sitting at 10-3 in second. And, of course, my Providence Friars sitting up top, the standings at 10 and 1. I can say my Providence Friars, I am an alum, class of 2014. So I will say my Providence Friars. I'm not a bandwagon jumper here. Um, Dennis, let's get started. Let's see. Diving into analysis, that's our roundup of standings and scores. Let's start. Uh, anything surprising you? In that, in the standings, or any of the game scores that I read, the standings not really. I mean, I guess you'd probably say the same thing. Maybe Marquette. I feel like they've come out of nowhere, but that's got to be credit to the coach that Shaka Smart is, and maybe he just fits there as opposed to what he did in Texas. Even though Texas won the conference last year, and they still decided to fire him, so you know, semantics. Who knows? I don't. I don't know how. I, I, I don't know how that works out. I know. I know Shaka's a Wisconsin guy, so he wanted to come back, but um, I don't know. Texas is doing well again this season, so I guess they didn't fall off that much. But uh, I don't know. Guess uh, yeah. Guess just I a mean, preference. Yeah, and they get Chris Beard to come in, so it's not like they really lose any ground. They still get a good, great coach, but yeah, I don't know. The the biggest surprise to me in the Big East is just Georgetown. 
I honestly don't. Maybe because you follow it more. I mean, is Patrick Ewing in trouble? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. So not a recruiting issue, but I feel like he is able to recruit the kids he wants and get some talent. Yeah. I mean, surprise from the week. I mean, I thought at this point they'd have at least one win. Um, I'm glad it didn't come today. Like I said, against my Friars. Um, But I thought they would have at least one win by now. I mean, losing 11 straight in a conference is like, I mean, forget about a death sentence. It's just bad. I mean, he's got a young team. He had that mass exodus of guys a few years ago, which maybe that's telling of something wrong with the program. But Georgetown hasn't been relevant since um, Otto Porter Jr. played there. I felt like, what, in 2013? I mean, it's been like steady downhill, you know, just – terrible it's been getting worse and worse i think he has promise with this group they shoot well from three today they didn't but um they typically shoot well from three um and he's got young guys i know aminu muhammad is a rising star but you know you got to assume that all these guys stay there um, and they don't transfer um when you're behind depaul in the standings not to you know we all know where depaul is right now new coach you know, we always hope they do well, but when you're behind DePaul in the biggie standings, that's obviously never good. Um, I think the biggest surprise for me was when UConn lost in Hartford uh, to Creighton on Tuesday. They lost by four. And for the second game in a row, they put up under 60 points. So it's not going well for the Huskies, um, you know, as a Providence fan anti-husky most of the time but you know losing in hartford to a nebraska team that's rough and then this well not a nebraska team it's creighton from nebraska but creighton down this year and pulling off that win i don't know dennis any insight on that i mean i the two straight losses is rough but it's kind of what's made the biggest exciting all year i don't want to say top to bottom because DePaul, I guess, yeah, maybe on any given day they can beat someone, but they're really not good, like you said. We know how bad Georgetown is. But from St. John's and up, because everyone knows St. John's can shoot the rock, we talk, which, you know, we might talk gambling at some point on this podcast. We talk about it all the time. And I would, oh, take yeah, we St. will. John's That's the last segment. <laughs> or, bet, or bet against St. John's when you're the first one to always chime in. St. John's can shoot. They absolutely can shoot. So, which means if they're hot, they can contend and beat with anybody. Absolutely. I just think it's, it speaks to the depth of the conference. But yeah, it's, those are bad losses at home. And I don't, I don't know if, I mean, you said they were in Hartford, so I don't know what the home court advantage UConn has as opposed to. Well, I know a lot of, I know a lot of Husky fans don't like playing at the XL center. Um, I think it's too big. Uh, so I know, I know a lot of them would chime in and say that. Um, I know Gamble is probably much more intimate, you know, a little more rowdy atmosphere. Um, it's still, even with that though, I mean, it's not like they're playing a more local team like Providence or they're not playing a, a Philly team even where people can make the trip and fill the, you know, the opponent stands. Like there's probably yeah. zero Creighton fans there or almost. So to lose by four like that, uh, it's just kind of rough. Um, they lost to DePaul, but mind you, they lost to DePaul the game before this by, uh, I think it was a, Oh, no, they, I'm sorry. They didn't lose. They won 57-50 or something like that. They didn't – I'm sorry. I misspoke. They didn't lose two in a row. But they only beat DePaul by seven, 57-50, I believe. DePaul didn't have their best player. So – and he was leading the Big East in scoring. It, and it goes to your point, you know, two straight games under 60 points. Under 60 points. That was more – so I misspoke on that. So I know Husky fans will probably not – if any of them listen to this, won't be happy about that. But um, – yeah, I don't know. I think that's the biggest surprise of the week. Marquette beating Villanova to me wasn't that big of a surprise. Big win for Marquette, but I can't say I'm surprised by it. Um, you know, everything is pretty much everything else is pretty much run run of the mill. Uh, Creighton did get spanked by Seton Hall on Friday by 19. They couldn't shoot at all. It was I watched that game. It was that they, they had three points with eight minutes to go in the first half. You're saying that yeah, I mean, again, we're going to talk betting, but the second or the betting the under for that game. Oh, it was. Yeah. I mean, I did. I'll admit it. I did. And I got it. Um, but, uh, Oh, the, another surprise. I'm sorry. The fifth DePaul beat Xavier. So that was yesterday. DePaul beat Xavier yesterday, 69, 65. 
Um, I don't know where the game was held. I don't have that right in front of me. But once again, DePaul is still without their best player. So I don't know how they they want to explain that one away. Um, Xavier's a ranked team. Shouldn't be losing that game regardless. Uh, yeah, Xavier was at home. Xavier was at I mean, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that that's a surprise. Xavier's a pretty good team. Maybe they just laid an egg. You never really know. I, I'm not going to count Xavier out because of that one game. They've had a rough stretch um, lately, but I, I'm not going to count them out after that. Um, let's go on. I got my next segment here. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how much basketball you've been watching, but I'm going to do pros and cons for each team all the way up and down, starting with the bottom of the conference, working up to the top here. So Georgetown, well, let's start with the con because that's the easiest. Um, They need to win a game. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe they need to put six guys on the court, but they have to win a game. Um, uh, They're winless. It's not much analysis here, but it's just not good. You can look at the stats. I'm not going to spit them all out at at you, but it's not good. Um, A pro, it's a good young group. Clearly, they can shoot and they can get hot. I think they're going to catch someone off guard soon. Um, A losing 11 straight is rough, but I think they're going to catch someone soon. I don't know who they have for their next game, um, but they can catch anybody. I would say anybody outside of the top five in the conference, they can pretty much catch off guard. I don't see them beating any of the top five teams. With that said, Xavier just lost to DePaul. Um, I don't know you got anything on that there, Dan? No, I mean, I just pulled up their schedule just to look. Like, maybe hopefully they weren't running into a buzzsaw of, like, playing Marquette and Nova or UConn and any right. animal this week. But this week, they're at DePaul, and then they're home for Creighton on Saturday. Those are their two games this week. So, yes, and those are two winnable like, games. Winnable games. Yeah, two very winnable games for the Hoyas. I think they get I think they could get their first win, maybe even two, um, this week. Yeah. So keep your chin up. Yeah, keep, keep shooting. First I mean, down on the move. Listen, they shot fifty-seven percent or something like that from three against the Friars. I know that when they played the Friars the first time, not today. Um, so I know they can shoot. I've seen it. They were shooting from a logo. Uh, it, it can happen. So if they're hot, I think they can beat somebody. Going to DePaul. Let's go. We'll start with. I don't know. We'll start with. We'll start with the negative and always end with the positive, right? So we'll go with the cons. Con. They do not have Javon Freeman Liberty playing. He needs to get healthy. Um, if he gets healthy, it becomes an entirely different to Paul team. I don't know exactly what his injury is. I have not looked at that. Let me see if I could pull it up briefly. But this guy was averaging 23.5 points per game in the Big East. So, I mean, that's that's incredible. Um, and he does everything. He shoots the three. He can take people to the hole. He plays decent defense. Um, uh, looks like when I'm reading, he's got a groin injury. So we all know that those can linger. Hopefully he's been out a few games now. I'm imagining he's coming back soon. Uh, a pro for DePaul is you just beat Xavier and you're actually not playing that badly lately. You put up a fight against a UConn and then you beat Xavier, got two wins in the conference. You get your best player back, maybe rattle off a few more wins get yourself a good seed in the Big East tournament, and then we all know what can happen in the Big East tournament, um, i.e. Georgetown last year, stealing a bid um, from many teams because they won the tournament last year. Um, Dennis, anything on DePaul? No, not really. But, I mean, it's – I'll kind of save it when we get to Butler to kind of make my point to – Sure. All right, Butler, 4-8 in the conference. Con for them. I don't know if I have – Oh, I mean, they weren't projected, I think, to be a top team. I don't know if they were projected to finish this far down the bottom, but I mean, they weren't ever going to really compete with the Villanova, with the UConn. Like, we knew that going into the season. Um, Just thinking about what I've seen from them playing, they play well, they're well coached, um, and they can steal wins. They have four wins already, so they can steal wins. I don't know if I have a direct con other than they don't really have a guy who can take over a game. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. If someone shows up late in the season that just starts scoring um, and is the guy that they can go to, then great. But I just don't think they have that guy. And they're just not really a sexy team playing. 
Um, there's it just feels like there's no real edge when they play. The pro is you got four wins in the conference. Laval Jordan's your coach. Seems like he's doing a good job with the group. Um, he's not going to be on the hot seat after this season at all. Uh, I think if they win a game in the Big East tournament, that's pretty good. If they win more than one, I think they're playing with house money. So I don't have much for pro or con for them. They're basically doing, I think, what everyone expected. But you said you had something you wanted to add. Well, yeah, just to throw them and DePaul kind of in the It's tough when you look at this conference and five teams are ranked inside the top 25. And then right underneath that is is uh, Seton Hall, St. John's, and I forget I'm getting the – oh, Creighton is in like mm-hmm. that next tier of three teams. And then you got your bottom feeders, and that's sadly mm-hmm. where they are. But like you said, they could sneak off a win if you catch a team sleeping, looking ahead to a big matchup going into, a, you know, say a mm-hmm. Thursday or a Saturday if you get them in the beginning of the week. Steal a couple of wins, better seed in the tournament get a win maybe you get two yeah and it's like, i don't think their coach is on the hot seat so you build off that you get recruiting and then hopefully you slowly but surely become like the butler like that brad steven has i feel like they haven't really been anywhere close to that since scoring hayward left yeah yeah since, yeah i mean it, it yeah they've been they've been good but they haven't been quite as good as that team um since uh, like and you said steven's left too, they've come they came into the big east so you're coming into a better conference anyway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. Overlong takes you to you know get better. And to my point about you know they don't have a guy who can take over. I'm looking at the Big East, you know the leaders in points and rebounds and whatever. There are no Butler players in the top five of any stat. You know I'm talking steals. There, I mean there are no Butler players point you know leading points per game. They're not in the top five for rebounds. There's no players in the top five for assists. There's no players in the top five for blocks. There's no players in the top five for steals. The only one that makes it is Bryce Golden, who is their center. Um, he's fifth in field goal percentage, which, you know, that's great. You know, if you, you know, have a great field goal percentage, but, you know, if you're only scoring eight points a game and you make all your shots and that's why your percentage is so high, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, like I said, that's just further to my point that, uh, there really is nobody who's taken over in that team right now, uh, at all, but who knows someone freshman could pop up. Um, they have talent, so someone could always pop up, but that's definitely going to be the biggest thing for them. Uh, moving up, I think St. John's is next in the standings from the bottom up. Um, let's go with cons again first. Uh, let's see. Cons, cons. They foul a ton. Uh, like it. It's almost embarrassing how much they foul. Now it's because of the style of defense that they play, but they're giving up free throws to teams that don't miss free throws. You can't give up free throws to Villanova. Um, this year you can't give up free throws to Providence, which they did. They gave up a ton. Um. I don't know. I'm assuming they've lost to some other teams and given up tons of free throws. Um, I just know those two teams routinely make their free throws. Uh, it You can't foul that much and expect to win games. And also, their late game management on Tuesday against Providence, granted they won after that, um, but their late game management was just horrendous um, on Tuesday. It, it Turnovers, questionable shots, you know, not so great. Pro is like they can score 90 in a heartbeat. Even the game on Tuesday, it was an 86-82 game, put up 82 points still. Um, the other day, they scored 90, uh, and they keep scoring 90, and they push the ball. So their offense lends itself to scoring a ton of points. I don't know if you got anything to add on that St. John's team, Dan. No, not really. Just, I don't know. It's, they're undisciplined. I don't know if they're yeah. young. I don't know if it's coaching. Yeah, I mean, they can. There's a night they could be on, drop ninety, and just give you a serious issue. But is any lead really safe if they're going to play that way down the stretch? Mm-hmm. It's it's entirely questionable the way they're playing right now. Um, you know, if they can, you know, maintain that offense, great. But if they also give up ninety points to another team that has a great offense, it's it's just I don't know it. It, it, I get what Mike Anderson's trying to do. If they were just a little more disciplined on the defensive end, he might be onto something. But that team, you know, struggling to just close out games. But 
that's a team, I'm going to be honest, in the Big East tournament, I don't want to play them. Don't want to play them just because of how much they can score. Um, and if they push the tempo and you start falling into that game with them, they're going to pretty much beat almost any team with that. So we'll see what happens with them. Let's go on to the Seton Hall Pirates. Akan, and I might dive into this one a little bit. I think the biggest con, the biggest negative for Seton Hall right now is that I, I think I think Kevin Willard may have lost his team a little bit. I think he might have lost them in the locker room. Uh, he was upset about their game when they had a student-only game on their on-campus arena. Um, he said he didn't like it, and it was definitely – it just felt like a kind of a slap in the face to the students and the loud arena that he – that was happening the environment seemed great but he said it was they lost to st john's by 20 that day um and this seton hall team has kind of underachieved they've had injuries they had covid i mean they can join the club they can fall in line you know everyone else has been dealing with that so is an excuse maybe but i don't think it's an excuse that is that viable um so i think there's just some issues within i feel like that locker room may not be so great right now um that's all speculation i don't know for sure but i know willard came out directly saying he did not like that students only on campus game because he felt it gave st john's an advantage i don't know if i like that in my head coach um it just feels like a slap in the face a pro positive for this team they can get back in it they can play defense they have bryce aiken who can score a lot um, they still have Miles Kale, who can play defense and score a lot. So they're not out of it yet. They're probably going to make the tournament. I think they will. Um, they have a few good wins, um, especially in the non-conference. I'm not going to spit them out at you now, but I believe they beat um, – I think they beat Michigan at Michigan. Um, so uh, for them, that's a good non-conference win. I guess for anybody, I guess it's a pretty solid con- uh, non-conference win. Um, if you're a Big East team playing at Michigan, but I don't know. Uh, the Seton Hall team has been a little disappointing this year. I don't know if you got anything to add. Not really. That is interesting. I do remember that game because I live bet that game just looking at it where they were already down. I'm like, oh, they're not going to get this yeah. spread at one point was like 17 and a half or 16. Yeah. Something like that. I'm like, oh, they're not going to lose this badly. And then, yeah, yeah. It's like you said, they lost by 20 and it's that's not good. So it, I know it's pure speculation, but if that's the case, they could be completely off the rails and just become a not bid for the tournament. I also think, and we can, I mean, I'll just dive into this now. I think Kevin Willard is looking at other jobs already. I think he's getting enticed into that Maryland gig. I think, you know, Louisville's open. Um, I think there's going to, he's just already kind of looking other places. Uh, is he, he's a good coach. He's proven he can coach. Um, it's just this year seems like there's been some oversights you know just in managing the team um and you know it's also possible that maybe they're just not as good as everybody thought um but i don't think that's the case i think they have talent anyway moving on the crane blue jays uh we spent spent a lot of time on the bottom half that's fine though um because this whole conference is actually pretty stacked if you look at the numbers um creighton five and five in the conference con negatives they can't shoot at times like i said earlier three points eight minutes to go in the game on friday it was hard to watch they were open shots breaking out um it it was pretty awful and it just put them out of the game completely they made a little run in the second half um but their shooting isn't that great not as great as it's been in the past there's no doug mcdermott bailing them out um of tough situations no tyshawn alexander um pros greg mcdermott's probably the most consistently good coach in the big east um he overachieves with his teams i feel like a ton um i think he's overachieving with this team even right now i mean they're sitting at sixth in the conference and a lot of people still have him making the tournament i don't know if they'll make it um because i think people are starting to figure creating out you know blown out by seton hall the other day so uh that's probably the best positive i can give him uh i don't know Dan. Anything on the Jays? I mean, just like I would just mention McDermott. It's like if you put a short list together, underrated or undervalued coaches in college basketball, I feel like McDermott would be on a lot of people's lists. 
Mm-hmm. He's a great coach, but I feel like this is a really good Big East conference this year, and they're getting exposed. Go look at the schedule of games that they played. A lot of them are not close. So mm-hmm. I feel like the talent level just isn't there. He's just that good of a coach that he's having them hang around in the middle of the conference. I mean, they beat Villanova by 20, first conference game of the season, I believe, for them. So it, it's crazy. It's like a Jekyll and Hyde team, which one can, which one's going to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I said, I mean, they even made a little bit of a run in the Seton Hall game in the second half. They just didn't have it, though. They They couldn't score. I think he knew it too. He was chirping at the refs a lot, which is what you do when your team's really struggling like that. So I get it. Um, but all right, let's move on. Xavier Musketeers. Biggest negative: you lost to DePaul at home. Um, DePaul playing without their best player. Bad loss. Um, you lost at home to DePaul. You lost at home to Providence. You know they're like they're not doing well at home um, lately, at least. Um, it says they're eleven and three at home on the season, but you know two of those three losses are in the Big East. I don't know what the third loss is. It could also be in the Big East, but uh, I just know those two right off the top of my head. So conference home, you know, success is not good for Xavier. Um, the positive thing you got a great coach in Travis Steele. Offense can click. Scruggs is a good player, still hanging in there, and they have pieces around him. I believe. Um, Nunji's on that team to transfer from Iowa. Uh, great center to have. Can shoot the three. Big dude down low. Um, if they can just click a little bit more, uh, it seems like on offense, because defensively they're not that bad, but um, on offense, if they, I think if they can just score a few more points, uh, they'll they'll be fine. They're going to make the tournament. Um, anything on the Musketeers there, Den? No, I have not really watched enough of them yeah. this year. Yeah, I, I, I think barring – a huge slip up down the stretch. They should be a tournament team. And it's like you said, they're well coached. So yep. they can make it. Uh, UConn. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. UConn. Let's see. Six and four. Just dropped one to Villanova yesterday. Um, you know, they lost to Creighton. Uh, what this past week too. So they're going 0 and 2 in their last two. Um, that game was in Philly, so tough place. I guess kind of a tough place to play. The Villanova environments are usually kind of quiet. Um, I don't know. You lose to Creighton. It's not the greatest. You get you didn't. They didn't even sniff the lead against Villanova. They didn't get blown out, but they never really came close. Um, it seemed like Villanova just every time UConn seemed like they might start making a run, uh, Villanova had an answer. Uh, so negative here. I think the negative is just the way the schedule shook out for them. They got the easy end of their biggie schedule first, um, playing you know the bottom half of teams. So they a lot of the wins they collected were the bottom half. Um, so you know they got a tough schedule coming up against pretty much all the top teams in the conference, um, and they're kind of starting to prove that they might not be able to hang with the top teams in the conference. Um, a positive, they have Adama Sinogo, great center. RJ Cole's still playing great. Um, obviously not in a loss to Villanova, loss to Creighton, you know. Um, but I think if they can get one more guy to contribute, um, they become a dangerous UConn team. And you never want to rule UConn out, uh, you know, championship pedigree. So uh, I don't know if you got anything to add on that, being two Connecticut guys here, Den. No, I mean – I think Hurley's done a nice job. I think they finally found a coach that they can really lean on. Uh, they have a hellish week coming up. That's for sure. I think we'll find out a lot about UConn. They do get Xavier at home. We just talked about Xavier not being well at home. So, hey, maybe they get a nice road win. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it starts early with Marquette, who will probably Ugh. be better ranked come tomorrow. Yeah. And that's – do they play tomorrow or is it Tuesday? Uh, I don't have the schedule. Up, I know it's early. It's early. But, and then they're – I bring it up. I just had something. Uh, St. John's at the end of the week, I think. I mean, they can so, easily lose to St. John's too, because like I said, yeah, that's, that's, John's team, that's that's what I mean. Just because they're yeah. not playing. St. John's is a ranked team. I mean, they're at St. Yeah. John's, but it's New York. It's not like UConn fans can't travel. But, right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a tough week. I think Marquette is the toughest team to play. Uh, I think it's like I think that's a like a buzzsaw going into to that to play that game, but. Uh, 
they're currently sitting at third. Speaking of, let's get to them now. Negative. I don't know if I can find a negative for them. They're playing really well. Um, they lost at Providence to Providence by two. Um, that's really the only big blemish. They also destroyed Providence in the first meeting um, by like 32, I think it was. So I, this and this team, it's not it's. It, it's not the same team that started the conference 0 3. They figured it out. Shaka Smart's gotten believing. Justin Lewis is playing like a conference player of the year, to be honest. Um, and they're getting good point guard play. Uh, I don't know if I can think of a con, a con or a negative right now for that team. They are rolling positives. Yeah, Shaka Smart is your coach. You're 8 and 4, third in the conference, and you have a chance to still clinch the lead, assuming. The other two teams above them falter a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you got anything to add on the Golden Eagles there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all Shaka smart. It's what we're – I mean, I, again, I, I don't know if anyone knows why he's not at Texas anymore, but it is what it is. He's found a home and, I mean, getting Marquette back to maybe as best as they've been since the Dwayne Wade mm. era. I don't know if – I mean, they've always been pretty solid in the Big East, but yep. I think – He's been great, and when I knew we were doing this, I went back and looked at their early schedule because I know they've been playing really well in the Big East, but they beat Illinois, yep. they beat West Virginia, and they beat Ole Miss. Now, I mean, West Virginia and Ole Miss aren't ranked right now, but they're, they're solid. Pretty, yeah, they're solid teams in really good conferences this year. So their non-conference looks pretty good, and they have some really good in-conference wins, and they have a couple of bad conferences. Not even bad, but just getting blown out by good teams yep. like Nova and Providence, but – they also beat those teams. So yep. I think Marquette, I don't know if house money is the right term, but they can do no wrong at this point. I think they've come completely out of nowhere this season and they're a dangerous team and come March. I don't know if the rest of the country is paying attention to depending on where their seating is. Cause you know, they're going to get into the tournament. And as long as they don't have an early exit in the big East tournament, they're going to be a top four seed. Yeah. So probably I think, I think gonna be really dangerous. Probably. I mean, by the time the season's over, they can rack up a couple more wins. I, I, I could see the, I could see them being a top four seed, depending on how the rest of them shape out. I mean, if they get – the thing is, if they get seeded lower than a four seed come March, whoever's playing against them is probably in for a, a really tough game. Yeah, so, it could be worse. <laughs> um, yeah, that's – I don't know. They're just a super scary team, and I agree that I don't think the country's paying enough attention to them. Um uh, they they truly are just very very scary. Uh, second in the conference, Villanova. Uh, negatives: they have no big man, no big man whatsoever. Um, Eric Dixon had a big game against UConn, twenty four and 12, uh, 24 points, twelve rebounds. So he played well against UConn, who has two good big men in Sonogo and Whaley. Um, who are supposed to be good defenders? To be honest with you, UConn did not play good defense in that game at all. I don't know what they, I don't know what happened, but um, Villanova. The biggest thing they get killed on the interior when there is a big man presence, and if there's more than one big man, then they're in deep trouble. Especially if the rest of the team can shoot decently, because Villanova usually hangs in there by shooting, you know, just better than everybody else. And they still have a team that can shoot well, but like I, I've been watching Villanova now, they they're susceptible to some losses here. I mean, they've had losses. They got blown up by Creighton. Um, they who else did they lose to? They lost to um, they lose to Xavier, I think. Let me pull it up real quick. Well, uh, yeah, they lost to. Well, I'm not going to go in their non-conference losses because it doesn't matter. Oh, well, they lost to Marquette. This week, this past week, they lost to Marquette twice. That's right, Marquette swept them. This that was all their big news. So, um, Marquette swept them in the season series, and I guess those are their. No, I said they were ten and three in the conference. Why am I not seeing the third? Oh, yeah, they lost to Creighton, Creighton, and Marquette twice. So those are their three losses. You know, Marquette, like we just said, super dangerous. Um, they, they destroyed Butler. That's what it was. <laughs> um. And their non-conference losses are UCLA, Purdue, and Baylor. So I don't know if the non-conference losses really say much about them. Um, but hey, 
Villanova got to get a big man one of these days because without a big man, they're not. I just don't think they have the same caliber of shooters that they had in the championship teams. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I feel like Villanova's never really had a big guy inside, but somehow they've always managed to get it done. But they're they have been more talented teams. Yeah, Jim Wright's one of the best coaches in the country, but they just have they have incredible guard play. Moore is really good. Gillespie's on like his seventh or eighth year at Villanova. It feels like did these guys just <laughs> forty years old, <laughs> but they're they're super talented and they can shoot from anywhere. So I mean. I don't bet against. I won't bet against Villanova. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know more. You know more than me, and you've watched more. Where yeah, they find a team that has a big time inside presence, they could get in trouble. Yeah, and that's why I thought UConn would put up a little bit more of a fight than they did, um, but uh, it didn't work out that way. Uh, you mentioned Justin Moore; he did not play in the game against UConn, and they still won. Okay. So. I mean, kind of undermanned Villanova team still beat UConn. Like I said, game was in Philly. I don't know if I want to read into the game too much um, because it wasn't a blowout. So maybe it's just the way that game was always going to go. And last but not least, the Providence Friars. First place, 10-1, and one one loss coming to Marquette. Uh, 30-point loss there. Uh, Team I follow very closely, as I said, you know, I went there. So a team I follow closely. Biggest negative, I mean, if every Friday frame wants to say there's nothing bad happening right now. 13-0 at home. Um, so the home record's going really well. Um, I think the – I think every Friar fan is probably scared, a little bit afraid of the high-pressure games. Um, traditionally, Providence – uh, and we have a buddy that reminds me of it all the time, um, that Providence, sometimes when it comes to the tournament, they don't show up. And this team doesn't seem like it's trending that way. Uh, they're going to make the tournament. They look like right now they're going to win the Big East um, regular season, maybe even the conference tournament. Um, I know they're projected, I think, at like a three seed right now. Uh, if they win the conference tournament, maybe we get maybe they get bumped up to a two. I don't want to say we. I'm trying to keep unbiased here. But um, – I think every Friar fan, you know, you want to believe, I I do believe, I'm cautiously optimistic um, because I just need to see the team play in a more high-pressure situation. Uh, It's easy to look really good against Georgetown today. Uh, Jared Bynum scoring 32 points, uh, 7-8 from 3, you know, other guys in double figures getting double-doubles. So I think they just need to show up in the big games. The positives, this team is old and experienced. We have a Al Durham transfer, I said we again, but Al Durham transfer from Indiana, playing very solid, shooting like 90% from the free throw line. Nate Watson, you know, just came out this week. He's in the final 10 for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award. So he's a very big presence inside. And then, you know, Justin Manaya's arguably the best defender in the Big East. I know some say Pasha Alexander is, um, but Justin Manaya's is right in there. So he's been shutting down all the conference's best players. Um and they're just old. It's just a really old team with experience playing in high-pressure games. I think they just need to finally put it together. Uh, thoughts on the Friars, Dan? Yeah, I mean, what you had just said is the biggest takeaway I have for them. They, they're they a veteran team. And Ed Cooley's taught – I mean, Ed Cooley is one of the top coaches in all, in all college basketball, not just the Big East, in my opinion. What he's been able to do with this program the last decade or however long it's been. Uh, but they're one of the teams that has seriously benefited from the extra year eligibility with the COVID season. There's a lot of teams this past year in college football that probably wouldn't have been ranked, probably wouldn't have gone as far as they did, but they had so many guys return with the extra year of eligibility. There's a lot of basketball teams thriving on that. Now Providence is one of them. It's a huge bonus. And I'm a huge, I'm really worried about this Providence team because come March, they're obviously going to make the tournament, even if they get upset early on, yeah, I mean, they'll get. Is it a one or two round by the Big East tournament? How do they do? Is it two rounds? Uh, ever since they got the eleventh team in, now I forget. I think it's. I think it's a two round by technically, um, okay. but I forget how they shape it up now because since UConn got added in, it yeah messed up. Didn't mess it up, but it just changed it. So now I, I always forget. <laughs> I mean, either way, if they if somehow they get upset, you know that'll hurt their seating or whatnot. Maybe because if they do win the Big East tournament, I think they're flirting with a one seed, but 
probably going to get a two seed depending on where, I mean, look, you know, a couple of wins down the stretch here and they stay this, if they yeah work their way closer inside the top 10 or near the top 10, yeah, I you know, seed, but. I'm a fan. I'd love a one seed. I don't think, I don't see it happening. I just don't see, even if we technically do deserve it, I just don't see, I mean, we all know money talks and which conferences and get more, a little more yeah, points than others. I just don't see Providence getting one seed. I don't know if they'd honestly deserve it. The non-conference schedule was solid, but it wasn't as good as some of the other teams. I could see them getting a two seed um, if they really turn it up and basically get another eight wins. I mean, they're already at 20 wins. So, yeah. I mean, I could see them getting a two seed. I could also see them getting a four seed. Well, if they dip low four, I'm guessing they must have. They were going to have to lose a few games that they shouldn't here on out if they're going to dip below a four seed. So we're looking somewhere between two and a four seed for the Friars, yeah. I think. Um, all right, uh, I do want to talk about any non-conference games that could impact maybe any of the Big East teams from the past week or could potentially affect seeding in the tournament. Um, I like that this is the non-conference segment. Um, so I don't know if you have any scores that stood out to you at all from the non-conference matchups that were out there this past week. I mean, the only one that I saw that uh, I thought just two teams and in what I believe is the best conference in college basketball is Baylor looked awful at Kansas this weekend. Awful. They did. I don't did. know what I don't know what was going on there. And then just Iowa State to me has completely fallen off the face of the earth. I feel like they're still a good team, but they have had some really, really bad offensive performances. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. The Baylor, that Baylor team at the start of the season, they looked unbeatable. It looked like they were carrying, you know, right off of last season's success. Obviously they won the championship last year. Um, but this team doesn't seem to have the same firepower as last year's did. I mean, last year's team was insane. Uh, that team was super yeah. athletic. They were really good. This year, I don't know if they have the depth um, that's going to be necessary. I think, that, I mean, we're, we're pulling, you know, grasping at straws here, right? Like they're going to make the tournament. They're probably going to be a top, what, top one, two seed, maybe three if they really fall off. Um, but they're, they, you know, they're going to get in. Um, yeah, but they got, I mean, that wasn't even a game. And from the from the tip off, it wasn't even a game. Um, I think the biggest one for me was uh, oh, I'm oh last night's game, UCLA lost to Arizona State triple overtime. Yeah, triple overtime. UCLA is struggling. I don't know, like they're struggling. Um, I don't think they're once again. I don't think they're bad. We're talking relative to what they did last year. They were a Final Four team last year, um, but. I don't, I think they're just, I think they've been figured out. I think, you know, you have the same players come back, which is great. You know, it's always good to have returning players, but you know, if you have the same three starters with nobody else, really, you know, I can't really name any, I shouldn't say the same three starters, the same three names that I think of are um, Tiger Campbell, Juzang, and uh, was Jacques, I probably mispronounced that. Um, But um. It, you know, those guys are good players, but after the starting five, I, I don't know who's going to carry that weight. Um, I don't, I'm also not super familiar with the Pac-12 teams and, and that roster. Um, I'll admit that, but it's it's kind of showing. I mean, you shouldn't be losing a triple overtime game to Arizona State. Uh, you got three chances to win it, basically, after you played probably not a great game and you couldn't. So uh, that game was probably a little more eye-opening for me um, considering uh, you know the, the rest of the games that happened Every, I mean there were some other surprises I guess out there but you know at this point in the season teams are uh, they're getting better um, even the teams that are in the bottom of their conferences everyone's starting to shoot better just because you've been playing more um, so it's like any given night I guess there could be an upset so just trying to pick out the the games that might impact seeding in the tournament the most um, is probably what the non-conference portion of this podcast should do. Let's see. Moving on, tournament outlook. How many teams do you think the Big East gets in? I would go conservatively six right now. Conservatively six. I I agree with that. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to even go more conservative. And five say, ranked teams, right? Yeah, I'm going to even go yeah. as far to say maybe only five. Those five get in um, yeah. because the next two after that are Creighton and Seton Hall um, well, as of right now. I feel like Seton Hall can find their way in there. I have more confidence in them than Creighton. Right, but, right. That's only because of Willard. That's, yeah. I barely watched enough of them on the court. I just know the coaching pedigree. So, yeah, uh, it's – I think it's it's anywhere between five and seven. I'd be shocked if the Biggie's got seven teams in. I think it's I think it's fun to think about, but someone's going to take a bad loss to another one of these conference teams, and it's going to put them out. It's going on the outside looking in because there's just too many other teams. So, all right, let's see. Best bets of the I, I have a segment last segment besides tournament outlook is best bets of the upcoming week. I don't know if you have any games on your mind, any game tonight. Well, there's only one game left for tonight, tonight right? Yeah. One or one or two, right? Because one was I, I saw know. six o'clock. Was I know Houston, of one Cincinnati. in the top twenty-five. Yeah, Houston, Cincinnati tonight. We can go. Let's just go with the games tonight then, with the last two, because best bets of the upcoming week. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I'm just try, I'm trying to look at the schedule. I mean, maybe depending on what, and this is the thing that's annoying with the betting. Why the spreads aren't coming out? I know anything. you've talked about this late at night the night yeah. before or even the morning of, and apparently it's just because of the unknown with college basketball, with the COVID scares, and they're more right. susceptible and have been, I guess, but whether how accurate that is, but I will say tomorrow, Arizona is at Arizona state. And I wonder how much Vegas plays into what Arizona state did yesterday. Probably not a lot, even though it was, cause it was only a three overtime win. It's not like they blew them out, but Arizona has looked really, yep. really good. Yeah, over the last week. So if this somehow is like a spread under, say, 12 and a half, I mean, I'm, I'm hammering Arizona yep. to cover. Yeah, I, I, I doubt agree. it will be. I'm sure it'll probably still be somewhere in the 16, 17 range, which Plus, could be tricky. But I don't know when that, I don't know. Do you know what day that game is? I don't know if you have it right in front of you or not. But yeah, it's um, tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow? I mean, tomorrow night, yeah. Heck, that's a quick turnaround for Arizona State after a triple overtime game. I mean, mm-hmm. those players are going to be tired. So, yeah, I, and Arizona is probably the hottest team in the country right now. Yeah, so, they do get it. Like, Arizona State doesn't have to travel. Like, they're at, they're still at ASU, but still. It's in-state, too, and it, it's an in-state rivalry. I just, I don't know. I don't I don't see Arizona uh, th- throwing that one away. But who knows? Uh, you never know. Bobby Hurley's, you know, he's a pretty <laughs> good coach. He's I think he's a psycho, but, um, you know, he clearly can coach because you just beat a top five team in the country. Um, I think best bets of the upcoming week. I mean, I haven't looked ahead uh, too much. I could check. I'm going to go stick with the big East focus here. Um, Providence for those, you know, since they're in first place, um, they have the week off uh, basically until Saturday. Um, I know there's a little bit of talk about why aren't they making up the three games that they missed because of COVID. I, I don't, know what the scheduling protocol is so i'm not going to speculate too much however um you know it would be nice to have one of those games back i think any friar fan you ask would like to have one of those games back especially the yukon game where they were supposed to come to providence uh but who knows uh maybe maybe it'll be a last minute thing and we they, they do get one back this week but uh providence says the week off um looking specifically at i mean Biggies. tuesday marquette's at yukon Okay, so there's your biggest game of the week. I mean, maybe not the game of the week. I don't know. Yeah, it probably is. Um, it's at UConn. UConn's got to turn things around. I mean, they got to be feeling a little desperate at this point. Um, Matchup-wise, I feel like they match up well with Marquette. It's just a matter of can they handle Marquette's defense and not turn the ball over. Uh, that, that'll be a great game. That's going to be uh, That's going to be a really physical game. And I wonder too, and I mean, you can, you'll maybe have more insight in this, but UConn's home for Marquette Tuesday, but then they're at Xavier on Friday. UConn's at Xavier on Friday? Yeah. So, I mean, a quick turnaround for them. That's a quick, that is a quick turnaround to another good team. Yeah. This is the, that tough end of the conference we were talking about before. I, I mean, if they do pull out a win on Tuesday, I'm guessing they might drop the one on Friday. Um, you know I mean, I, like a, it's not like they're looking they don't have a look ahead but. I, yeah I mean I, I, they gotta I, if they want any shot 
at the biggest regular season title. Heck, if they don't want to like jeopardize their tournament chances, they got to get one of these big wins. They got UConn has to, otherwise they're gonna it, it, they're gonna fizzle out quickly. Um, I'm gonna. I don't know. Like you said, there's spreads don't usually come out right now. I don't know. I'm gonna cautiously say that UConn is gonna. I'm gonna say UConn might cover, but I'm I'm gonna say they're gonna cover if they're underdogs, um, because I think Marquette's gonna be a little too heavily favored going into the game. Um, I think Marquette will be favored going into this game. I don't know why, but I just have a feeling that's the way it's going to go. Um, I don't think Marquette would cover. I bet you Marquette wins the game. I mean, I bet you they win the game by like three points, maybe four. So that's my prediction. Marquette to win at UConn. Uh, UConn, though, to cover if they're underdogs. Let's see. Um I think that's it for this podcast. Episode one in the books. Dennis, how did you feel about being the very first guest on the four point play? Honored RT. Absolutely honored to be part of this. I'm proud of you, man. It seems <laughs> cool. Yeah. Sucks if we had, you had to give a little name change because I thought the Big East bias was yeah. pretty, uh, name, but I like, liked we'll, it. But... Send an email to SB Nation, get him on the horn. Like, hey, let's uh, <laughs> do what we can do to work. Talk some rights. But... We'll talk some rights. Yeah, because I have that legal power. Uh, just a quick note. Dennis is a, you're a producer for Sirius Radio, correct? Mm-hmm. Simply correct, put, so. I don't want to downplay, but simply put, Sirius Sports Radio, mind you. So Dennis does have some, probably more credibility than even I do. Um, and Dennis was the inspiration to starting the podcast, which is why he's on it right now. Dennis does his own podcast with our good friend, Matt, the Dennis and Matt podcast, where they talk specifically New York sports. Um, Specifically, mostly Giants, which I feel like sadly you, it's mostly Giants. It's mostly the Giants football, which to be to be honest, I feel like you could talk for months on end about the Giants in general, okay. let alone the, the NFL, uh, especially right now. So um, check that out, Matt and Dennis. If you're a New York sports fan, um, he's definitely they've definitely got some insight on their podcast as well. Well, yeah, I'll tell you, follow, follow us on Twitter, Matt Dennis Pod, and uh, our tease, hopefully weekly-ish weekly ish. show to give us because he's going to be our basketball guy so obviously you get all your basketball knowledge here and then if you want to listen to us ding-dongs you can get some basketball <laughs> knowledge from over there all right well i'm rt atarola gonna sign off now from episode one of the four point play big thanks to dennis vinci for joining us uh here today um and check back in a week hopefully have another segment with some even more uh, crazier stuff going on in the college basketball world All right, everybody, take care.